The internet is a vast ocean of unofficial intelligence. The following views and opinions expressed on this show do not represent the parties expressing them. Their jokes lighten up. Now let's start the show. The case you are about to go on is very dangerous, requires courage, ingenuity, and above all things, intelligence. That is correct. Sometimes you've got brains. Don't let them go to your head. Madura, Ablangasta. That is one big pile of shit. How don't you show them what you've discovered so far? We ain't found shit. Boom. You looking for this? Oh, we out of here. How many assholes <laughs> we got on this ship anyhow? There are three. Everybody knows that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unofficial Intelligence. It's your best friend, Steve, here from the heavens, saying what up. <laughs> Back to life. <laughs> Back to reality. <laughs> yeah, the big guy upstairs, he's like, you know what? You've been a good dude. I'm going to give you an hour 15 a week, but don't go over an hour 15. People don't listen past an hour 15. Ben, you didn't get S- Steve back? You got me back. I got you both back. Oh, yeah, but we talking I'm talking right now, aren't I? Yeah, but you said that he, you're only getting a hall pass. Yeah, I wasn't even I wasn't even be allowed that. So you're back full time now? Just once a week. Damn. All right. But just I'm for sorry. this. I'm sorry I interrupted the intro. Go ahead. But I'm still your best friend. I'm still here with Ben and Anthony on the big couch. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Go follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. You know it helps us out. Uh, and if you're looking for a little something in between, Ben and Anthony got what you need. That's right. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at unofficial underscore pod. That's where we post our clips, anything that we have related to the show. It all goes there. We would love your likes. We would love your follows. We are getting close to 300 followers. We know there's more of you out there than just 300. Get on Instagram, follow us at unofficial underscore pod. We would love your emails. Hi at uipodcast.com. Uh, we have a great interview this week. I would Love to hear what you guys think. So email us hi at uipodcast.com. And uh, that's all I got. Well, if you forgot what Ben just said, you can go to our website, www.unofficialpod.com, and check out our built in media player where you can play all of our episodes right from our website. It will also bring you into our alternate reality of all of the cool shit that we do for you. That I hope you guys are, are taking advantage of because I mention it every week. You can even email us right at the bottom of the page, which we recommend that you do so. There's also links to our YouTube channel. There's also links to our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Go check it out. And let's start the show. We have an exciting show with an even more exciting guest. Yeah, it, it is true. Uh, thanks to Anthony uh, stumbling into a comedy club in Boston. Just uh, like he stumbled through that intro. Just how he stumbles. As always. <laughs> through life. I'm on brand, baby. <laughs> uh, no, we have a, we have a guest uh, today. We're very excited about. Uh, had a great chat with him. His name is Ramin Mostafavi. And uh, he is a comedian from the D.C. area. And uh, we talked to him uh, about everything involving stand-up comedy, the inner workings, uh, life as a comedian, uh, where he finds inspiration, why he does what he does, just bringing smiles and laughter to the masses. And again, we're happy to have him. So without further ado, here's our interview with Ramin. But that's why I'm wondering if I'm plugged in. Oh, I'm a doof. <laughs> I have a pl- oh. It's charging, not in the fucking... Sorry, dude. Just let me take that out. 
You know what you could do? You could just be the best guest that we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Now you should be coming through the board. Give us a little something, something. Yeah, give a little something. Hello, hello. Uh, oh, yeah. In the board. There, there we go. Beautiful. Is. Beautiful. All right. A little midday coffee chocolate ice cream. Nice. Oh, nice. Well, oh. it's coffee, so that's that's good. Yeah. yeah you you, need, you get... need the recharge. Plus a little, a little, little brownie in there. I was just talking about uh, uh, Baskin Robbins has a cold brew and Oreo flavored ice cream, and it was fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything to do with coffee is great. And I know, like, I love Ben and Jerry's. I know it's like, you know, the super trendy one that I'm supposed to love, and I do love it. But Hagen Dazs has the most, like, dense, you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like I'm just getting more. Yeah. There's just more happening in there. Yeah. I just learned of the, uh, what's it called, Ant? The Affignato? Affogato. Affogato. That's just what? Espresso over the ice cream? Yep. Ooh. I have a d- double down on the coffee. Big Sounds Italian fantastic. move. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> First off, thanks for taking time. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate sure, it. Sure, man. And I had your shirt queued up that I bought from you, <laughs> and I totally forgot to wear like a real dunce cap. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, good, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's Mustafavi, right? Mustafavi, yeah. Mustafavi. All right. Yeah. Good. I'm getting I'm I'm white, so I'm having a hard time. <laughs> With pronouncing I have a hard time. In fact, there are members of my family that pronounce it differently, so there's nothing. <laughs> All right, good. I just want to make sure that when we put it out there, they know who they're looking for. So maybe we'll start off with you just giving a quick intro of yourself, where they can find you, where they can follow you, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. So my name is Ramin Mostafavi, and uh, it's spelled how it sounds, basically. Um, <laughs> other than the Ramin part, the Ramin part's all fucked up, but the Mostafavi part is phonetic. Uh, on uh, Instagram, it's Ramin88, R A H M. E I N 88, uh, which is a fun one. And then over on TikTok, which is my most popular one, even mm. though I'm uh, not the demographic, <laughs> uh, but uh, but they're showing me some love on there. That one's Ramin M R A H M E I N, and then the letter M as in Matthew. Yeah. And uh, yeah, TikTok, I was nervous about TikTok because I'm kind of mean. Mm. And um, <laughs> like on stage, I'm mean, which, you know, and because I think most, a lot of the meanest people on stage are really like the most sensitive and sweetest off stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird like place to be because I love punching. You know, it's a joke that I make, but I always say that you know, like I've been compared to Don Rickles because of the way that I'll just I like to pick on everybody. The joke is I'll say uh, I'm a lot like Don Rickles, but not Jewish. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what it is. So what I was worried about when I got on TikTok, I was worried the community would be like, no, he's hateful. But they're not. They, yeah. uh, my, my most popular clip, I made fun of a guy with a handicap. They freaking love it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, isn't it nice to know that there's still people as evil as us still yeah. out there? Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Well, I, and uh, going to the comedy shows, too. That's when you you realize just how not divided it is. And more people are like kind of in the middle on a lot of things and can still laugh about things. And it's not until you go to the comedy clubs that you're really seeing everybody enjoys. Maybe that's why on TikTok you're not getting the hate because people are accepting it in a positive way. So they're like, oh, then he can't be, he's not. They are. So much of it is, a, is a, you know, I think it's um, it's your overall persona. It's your presentation. If yeah. you come off as someone that is truly hateful, then of course, then they're not going to laugh. Yeah, right. You, there's yeah. a, over the years, I've managed to, um, you know, create a, a, a delivery that they see 
you know, that I'm a harmless, that I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm endearing, that I'm kidding, that, you know, I make fun of myself. I tease about my mom, my dead mom. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'll do anything because we need to laugh yeah. at this damn ass stupid life. Yeah. Or we're just going to be mad all the time. Yeah. And of course, and it bridges gaps and we, who doesn't love a good stereotype? It's just yeah, silly. Sure, yeah. you know, really, it's one of my targets. I mean, I, I always mention that I'm from Iran so that when I'm also just a jackass, they go, oh, yeah, they're just jackasses, too. <laughs> it's nothing serious, you know. Is that, I don't want to say persona, but that style something that you grew into? Or was, like, did you start punching? Like, did you come out of the gate punching at people and, like, picking on people? Or was that something, like, you kind of grew into as a comic? Say, I would say it was an ingredient, but I've definitely uh, increased the the ratio. Um, you know, in the beginning, I think like a lot of comedians, we tend to uh, self-deprecate yeah. inward. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started with a lot of that and then kind of got to where I was like, wait a minute, if everybody's going to laugh at all the Middle Eastern stuff and, the you know, the ex-wife stuff or whatever it was at the time, then um, then they should be willing to laugh at themselves, too. Yeah. So I try to keep a balance. You know, I. I definitely tease about myself, tease about my my own uh, upbringing, my kids, you know, that kind of stuff. And then throw it out there to the crowd, too. But again, harmless, silly, nothing's right. nothing serious. Have you ever walked anybody uh, doing crowd work? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's when you know you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that sucks, like, because when you're like, I am a sensitive person in real life. So yeah. when someone like doesn't get it and they get upset then yeah. i'm like that ruins my not, not just my night but maybe my week i'm like oh my gosh like that wasn't the goal at all yeah, you know? yeah. And then you're in the back of your head you're like oh god now what are they gonna say like what are they thinking about when they when they see me on like instagram or or tiktok yeah yeah i mean at a certain point i think when you pile up enough w's you don't get as nervous that mm-hmm. like you're gonna get canceled because one person didn't get it so now that I've got like a good, you know, foundation, nice, nice little following, that kind of thing, it's all right because I know that, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the people get it, but still that point oh one, yeah. it still hurts my feelings because oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hurt their feelings. I don't, I don't want them to be upset. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I had a couple of things in particular. There was one kid. I was there were two brothers in the front row, and I was like teasing one of the brothers, and the other brother got real upset that I was even teasing his brother so it was kind of like he was trying to be noble mm. by standing up for his brother but but his brother was laughing and then <laughs> he got upset and he walked out and i was like dude can you go tell your brother that i'm a comedian like i yeah. just <laughs> you know this around. is a like, show i appreciate the brand loyalty but damn <laughs> the brand loyalty. yeah i got i got ripped apart sitting in the front row actually ben was there yeah uh at the comedy store in the original room uh rick ingram just uh. uh ripped me to shreds <laughs> i didn't get up Not and me. walk but i i kind of felt like i wanted to thankfully oh, fa- really? thank, thank, well no i mean it, it was it was all fun he he just saw this angle and made it about something like completely different and it was embarrassing uh. for me but you know whatever I, thankfully there was a woman in the crowd who was like full-blown karen that like caused more attention a little bit later on so then the focus came oh. off of me at that point so i was like thank you oh. i mean i knew better yeah, it was four yeah. of us in the front row we were all wearing flannel shirts I, it was bound to happen but you know yeah. you walked in there with that mustache uh, that mustache is i'm trying every time i'm trying to channel the matt carpenter uh vibe for the yankees they need to be i don't know if you're a fan of baseball but i am uh who's your who's your team uh, i'm a chicago cubs fan actually. okay cool 
We actually. Yeah, I've, got um, son, I've got a son named Wrigley to let you know. Really? Oh, cool. I would love to get to a game. I wish I had gotten there before all the construction. Yeah. But, uh, I got I got to see a game there. Yeah, I'm going there in a few weeks with my brothers. Uh, I hit Fenway when I was up in Boston. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan for sure. I've been to, I was at both Yankees, uh, the, the, the original and the new. Um, so yeah, I have a ball with it. But, nice. Uh, yeah, we- but they, I have seen, you know, when we talk about comics, like the crowd work, there are, there are definitely some uncomfortable things that go down. And I'll oh, admit, sure, I've yeah. left on occasion where I, in my head I was like, I was a little too mean tonight. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I don't like it. I don't like it, but I have seen comics that are just not good at ever being yeah. kind of mean, especially when it comes to like a heckler. Yeah. They don't know how to like finesse it. And all of a sudden they're like, shut the fuck up. And yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, did you ever have a moment where like you felt your crowd work click and you're like, okay, I get how to do this now. Or maybe you struggled with it a little bit early on and then you figured it out. Um, or is that something that you were just always I- good at? I know that there are people that focus on it to be honest and somehow humble. It's like, it's kind of my superpower mm-hmm. to to play off the cuff like that. Those, the, the, the quick wit. I mean, you know, Adam Ray has that superpower. There are several people that have that mm-hmm. superpower and, and it's weird, dude. It's like, it's one of the only things that just comes to me naturally. Like I'm not a musician. I can't paint. I can't, you know, all that stuff. Like, I, I don't know anything about that, but for whatever reason, and it's different when I'm off stage, uh, to be honest, a lot of people, who find out you're a comedian at a dinner party, or whatever they expect you to be that guy. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not at all. In fact, I'm pretty quiet at the dinner table, but then something happens on stage where this extra thing kicks on and I feel essentially invincible. I'm just boom, 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 boom. And, yeah. and then you get off stage and then I'm this like mute again. Where <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's funny part. because you hear of so many comedians that like their story is I decided to become a comedian and their family was like, what? Like, <laughs> who is this part? Like, what do you think you're doing? So I, I know Anthony yeah. had written down a question here, but like, uh, he, he mentioned that you were since your first generation, like, how did your parents take that, that, uh, statement that I'm going to try to become a comedian? Well, I was much older when I first started comedy. A lot of people start out 18, 20, 22. I was 34, uh, when I decided to do it. And, um, I mean, they really had no say in it, first of all. Uh, (laughs) I I had three kids. I wasn't going to check with my parents to see if it was okay. (laughs) Um, But uh, but the other part is I I was born in Iran because my parents lived there. My dad's full Iranian. My mom was American, uh, German, Scotch, Irish, whatever American means anymore. Uh, uh, They moved to Iran, lived there for 10 years, and I was born in that period. So... Uh, they had sort of a, you know, maybe they had slightly different cultural expectations, but also my dad has always enjoyed spectacle Hollywood. You know, a lot of uh, immigrants came over here, especially in his time in the 60s, where, uh, you know, the, he, he he could put on a leather jacket and he could be funky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so he had, I think he had a, he never really said it, but I think he had a little twinkle for like that American Hollywood yeah. dream. Uh, so he's always been supportive, but you know, the, 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 not to like wrap a joke into it, but a lot of immigrants, um, and maybe just a lot of parents in general, but the stereotype about immigrant parents is they're never going to be satisfied, whatever it is yeah. you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. So 
It's I mean for years, no matter what I've done, if I'm like, Dad, I'm at the Kennedy Center, Dad, I'm gonna be on TV. He's like, When you're going to have your own movie boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Dad. I'm, it's pretty cool though. I'm opening for a lot of really cool comics and you know, I got TV credits and it's nothing until like you're freaking, you know, yeah. giant um, yeah. star. But it's fun. My dad's awesome. That's awesome. I got to see you and Adam Ray and oh, I'm blanking on the last performer. Um, uh, you know, it was my first time with him and. A big I league and a big time right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, he runs Supernova. Um, I'm, I'm, Mark is coming to my head, but. I want to say Mark, so- Mark sounds right. But the point of the why I brought that up was you were right before Adam. And dude, the way you came out of the gate. Well, like you said before where you were just riffing on like like you were self-deprecating and then you brought up your girlfriend I believe who was Persian and you were dude I is Iraqi Oh Iraqi. Iraqi Excuse me you did a Pers- <laughs> you did Persian joke afterwards didn't you Probably probably dude, yeah. you had my sides splitting I told oh, like thanks. just your delivery the rapid fire and then thanks. I don't think you really did a lot of crowd work but even though my brother was wearing a colonial hat, which Adam took <laughs> advantage of, which, which led to our hangout session outside afterwards where we got to talk a little Hilarious. bit more. Uh, yeah, you know, I try to be a responsible feature act and uh, not do too much crowd work, especially with a guy like Adam, who I know he loves to get to know the crowd. So if I'm out there doing the old, where'd you meet? And what are you doing? And hey, birthday party. Then he becomes the second one to bring it up. Yeah. And that, yeah. to me, that's, that's screwing the headliner. So yeah. I consciously say, I mean, if it's, if I can't, if someone makes a thing of themselves or there's mm-hmm. a, you know, something that I just have to, to make the joke work, I'll do it. And as a headliner, I'll do it yeah. a lot more. Sometimes I like when the next comic comes up and uh, they add to, uh, you know, or given the information that they know now from the, the previous act, and then they could like build off of that or it, just like like you, you're good with you know being on the spot and stuff like that. You might have information that was there from the comic before and be able to riff on just getting right into like you already know them. I, For sure. I, as an audience member, I, I know sure. I've enjoyed that. Yeah, no doubt. This particular host, uh, whose name we all know so well, yes, um, <laughs> he did a. It's all he did was crowd work, and yeah. I, that's what he does, and that's cool. So I really felt like I can't do it uh, if he's going to do all that. I don't want to spoil anything else. I'll stick to the jokes and and keep it moving. But you're right. There is um, kind of a tag team situation in there. A lot of times, though, uh, I've seen a ton where the headliner's not paying any attention. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're like a famous person. They're just, they might even get there after your set. Sure. You know, they're there with two minutes. They don't know what the hell's going on. And then I've seen them be made to feel awkward because they talk to the same people yeah. with the old, what do you do for a living? And they're like, uh, I'm a cabinet maker, just like I said to the other guy 50 yeah. minutes ago. Because <laughs> the crowd thinks they're seeing a fluid, you know, show. Right. But we're all kind of individual contractors. So yeah. Yeah. I don't want to make anybody feel goofy. But sometimes you'll ask backstage, anything I need to know? Any yeah. crowd work? I've seen guys that'll like wait and watch everybody come in too. Maybe if they're the first guy up. So they, they see if there's anything they can work with like right out of the gate ideally but yeah. you know sometimes you just don't want to sit there and oh, watch yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how long have you been uh with adam how long have you guys been on the road together uh he and i only hooked up so i've i've been doing comedy about 11 years and then um you know we had the pandemic and 
during the pandemic, we a lot of us were doing Zoom shows. And uh, I have this show that I do uh, that's not stand-up comedy. It's called Couples Therapy. It's like a talk show and we goof on relationship stuff, whatever. So in real life, I would do it at the DC Improv. And it was a very popular show. And then the pandemic hit and we had nothing. So the folks at the Improv were really cool and innovative, like a lot of clubs around the country, I think. And they turned it into a Zoom experience mm. where I would host from my bedroom, you know. And then at that point, we could choose from any freaking headliner across the country because everybody was available. And, you know, we just wanted to goof around. So I had some really cool guests. Um, you know, Maz Gibrani was on there, for example. And then uh, Adam Ray came on. He, I was hooked up with him th uh, through the DC Improv. Uh, he's a, you know, he works there every single year. So they were just like throwing headliners at me. And uh, Adam was got on there. And to be honest, he was the first host or guest I've ever had on the show where I was like, oh, my God, this guy should be hosting. He's a he's <laughs> freaking like it's rare that I feel like someone is faster than me. Yeah. But he was freaking killing me. And I was just like, damn, dude, like here the reins go. You know, <laughs> um, and that's what I want at, as the host of that show. I don't want to be the funny guy. I want to be able to just, you know, I'm a host. I go, right. here's the premise. Hey, comedians, here you go. Because mm. in the show, I'm a host. And then I have two guest therapists. And those are the two guest comedians. And we tend to the questions of the crowd or the Zoom monitor screen or oh, whatever. Cool. That's awesome. And Adam was freaking bam, 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 mm -hmm. bam. Everything, you know. Uh, and I was so impressed with him. And uh, and then he came, we did that twice online. And then when he was uh, coming to town, I got the feature for him live um at the improv and uh and we just we got on great and he um was kind enough to ask me to uh join him in a few different places so you know we'll be in kansas city uh sometime when are we going there that's my next one with him i should probably know this i just booked a <laughs> ticket uh eight nine ten kansas city nice. comedy club nice uh, september eight nine and ten yeah. you coming through new york uh, anytime soon you know i don't I don't get booked in New York. Uh, I, I, I've done a couple of spots there. I took my couples therapy show up there to the stand. Mm. Um, but I very rarely uh, do anything in New York unless somebody pulls me up there for a set. But yeah, no, I, I have yet to, I don't think I've gotten a paycheck out of New York. Really? You would ever. kill in New York. I thank you, sir. I, uh, I hope so. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, uh, I feel like I can play in whatever room they put me in. And I just, uh, you know, it's hard. Uh, it, it, you, you never know who's going to see you, who's going to discover you. And I also, because I started late, I kind of had some reins on me a little differently down here because mm. I had three kids. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. travel like a lot of the younger people. I did get divorced and that gave me some freedom. But still, it's like every other week, it's hard to like send avails and create a route and do yeah. a tour yeah. when you got to be back home on Sunday night to receive the kids so they can go to school. Yeah. So much more complicated. Yeah. So how, how did you, you, you mentioned that you started late. What were you doing before? How did you decide like, you know what, I'm just going to go all in on this. Like, what was your, your intro into the business? Right on. So uh, I was, uh, I was dumb enough to major in theater in college. Okay. And, uh, and when I, and when I say that, it's not that, like I regret my theater years. It's just, you don't need to, anyone who's listening, you don't need to major in theater to be in theater. Just yeah. Yeah. go be in theater, do it for free. Uh, and this, but, but what it did do for me was connect me, network me, uh, to successful actors who plugged me in here and there. I was, uh, a, a company member at the Shakespeare theater here in DC for a few years and, 
Uh, got to do a, a tour with a couple of theaters. And then I latched on to a show called Sheer Madness at the Kennedy Center, which has uh, been there for 30 years. It's a fantastic show. I think they have it in Boston, too, actually. Uh, oh, Sheer right. Madness up there. Yeah, it's been running a long, long time. It's a, it's a comedy whodunit. It's a little bit silly, but it gives you the ability to do some improv. Yeah. And I would say that that's what really gave me the foundational roots and core knowledge of what the science of comedy is, the timing and the um, you know, the beats. So, uh, I was doing sheer madness off and on for about six years and then, um, ended up had three kids and the schedule sucked. Uh, you know, my, my wife at the time was just kind of on her own and I felt bad once the, you know, I started to like have kids that I was going to be doing shows, you know, eight shows a week, which is, you know, six nights a week. I'd be gone Saturday and Sunday because of two show days. And it was just kind of a crappy schedule for a young family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quit and I went into the only other thing I'm any good at, which is building things, uh, which, uh, may be one of the only things that pays less than theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I started like remodeling bathrooms. I was a cabinet maker. I got into the museum industry, which was awesome. Wow. Uh, that's to this day. Um, I mean, it's right there with stand up comedy. I absolutely love, um, that craft. I, I ran CNC routers for a long time. It's a computerized router system. Amazing stuff. Uh, but, uh, during those years, um, I missed the stage and to be honest, we fell into a major financial crisis, which, um, you know, if there's an origin story of my tragedy, I guess that was the moment, uh, we, uh, we got into a tremendous mess. Uh, thankfully I'm, you know, my family is amazing. And I had a, my brother swooped in and like saved our asses. So we didn't lose our house, but at the same time I had to do uh, something just to get creative feel. You know, just something. I whatever was calling me. I said, "All right, well, I don't want to get back into theater, but uh, let me let me try stand up comedy. I don't. I won't have a rehearsal schedule. I can say no to a gig. I don't have to have an understudy to mm-hmm. worry about any of that stuff." Yeah. So I went and I tried it, and um, you know, I know most stories are like, "Man, my first time sucked," but to be honest with you, I went up and my first time was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, there's something I can do. Uh, you know, since then, I'm not saying I've had a hundred percent penetration, but, uh, <laughs> it really, uh, it really set me in a, in a positive mindset for it. Um, I remember the first guy I talked to at, at an open mic, I, you know, I was a little overly excited, but I was also older, was 30, you know, I was 34, three kids. I didn't want to just run around being a, a bad uh, husband and father, just practicing dick jokes for free all the time. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, you know, is there any money in this? And, uh, the guy was like, I've been doing this about six years. I think I've made 50 bucks. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So luckily it turns out he was, uh, not one of the more successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. So we turned that corner pretty quick and, uh, just been in love with it ever since, man. I, I, I do envy some of the freedom of, um, you know, those that aren't tied down uh, to their locale as much as I am, but, I get around enough, and that my local uh, home club here, DC Improv, takes I say, very. DC is a good good place to be if you're, oh you know. DC is smoke. Like, yeah, we, I would put the city head to head with any city, and that includes New York, LA. Yeah. Like, bring the comics on. Uh, no, no, no offense to them, but isn't that where one of the improv groups started? Was that Second City was from DC or where? No, that's Chicago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought yeah, one yeah, yeah. Started in DC. No, and we have some improv, but yeah, it's not yeah. what we do. But yeah. the the heat in DC is very very strong, and we've got some really great 
comics that have come out of DC that are doing big things. Uh, so uh, hopefully more to come. I'd love to be the next one that people see on TV. Uh, you yeah. know, I don't know. Well, so that guy, he was doing it six years, managed to amass a whole 50 bucks. I was going to ask, you said you mentioned you did it for 11 years. At what point did it start becoming a viable income? You know, how long were you uh, grinding the open mics? And, you know, right. what was like, how quick was your progression just through the ranks, so to speak? Yeah. So, so again, because I started uh, late and I had a family responsibility, um, I had to figure out how to make money pretty quick. So yeah. I turned to producing almost right away within yeah. a month of my first open mic, I realized that like, it's not that hard to run an open mic yeah. because you don't have to be funny. You have to know what funny is. Yeah. And because of my theater degree, gentlemen, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I understood what it took to like put on a show. I, I said that probably a helped a lot with the stage presence and just being comfortable on stage in general. For sure. For yeah. sure. It's not, it's by no means is it the same. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Sort of thing, but it is, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a peek inside of, you know, being in front of people, being judged, failing, yeah. um, you know, all, all that sense. But of course, you have no supporting cast, no script, no sure, nothing. Yeah. Um, but yes, some some similar <laughs> pressures. But moreover, sorry about that. Uh, moreover, it gave me uh, an ability to set up a stage respectfully, uh, respectfully of the comic and respectful to the crowd. And in a lot of cases, at least in D.C., the mics were not doing that. Yeah. So show up and it was like a mic in the corner and six TVs on and down lights and just no backdrop. There was one guy who was doing it right. His name's Kurt Shackelford and he's still doing it to this day. Um, but he was the only one doing it right back then. Um, and then I became the second guy. And because I think because of my theater background, I, I just set it up. I had a nice curtain and a sign and, you know, and it just, it made the comics feel like, wow, we're somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and again, I wasn't, at all the funniest person in the room, but I, I had an idea of what funny was. So I brought them in and it became a successful, uh, it was an open mic and a showcase kind of at the same time. And I still run that room down here in uh, Arlington, Virginia. It's called Ragtime, okay. And, uh, just a little bitty room. We only hold about 35 people, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So from there I realized, okay, well, if I can do this, let me start selling ticketed shows. And, uh, that's sort of how I began, um, not only becoming uh, a, a better comedian, but that's where I started to foster a following yeah. at all. If I, you know, if I'm popular, yeah. if I'm going to sell out a show anywhere, it's going to be like Fredericksburg, Virginia, Lorton, <laughs> Virginia, Rockville, Maryland, like these little towns. Yeah. And my niche was put a show where there is nothing else. Yeah. Um, and so I lived in Fredericksburg, Virginia at the time. There was no comedy out there at all. And, mm -hmm. uh, so the people were starved and, you know, I knew people in DC and New York and by that time and I, I knew they would come down um, and just treat them nice and give them a, give them a, a hotel room. And so I was bringing down all of a sudden, I'm you know, bringing down some really big comedians. Uh, you know, Seton Smith came down and Jermaine Fowler, Aaron Jackson. I had uh, Jake Johansson, Moz came through one time right before he filmed his Netflix special. So because I was in the game and I was respected in the game, and I, I wanted to take care of people um, and pay well, they would come do the show and it fostered a really nice uh, uh, comedy community in, in Fredericksburg. I duplicated it in a couple other cities. And uh, that was really like the main source of income for a while. And uh, even to this day, I produce uh, shows outside of clubs, whether I'm there or not, because it's, it's still a nice um, uh, padding in the wallet. But it also makes me feel good when I can put on a show that comics love. Uh, yeah. just something about that feeling 
is is nice to hear them uh, have appreciated their time. Uh, but the more I started to get hired as a comedian, the less I could kind of pay attention to that. Right. Yeah. So I'd say I started to make viable money within three or four years, but most of that was producing shows. Yeah. Uh, as a comedian, probably year five or six, I started to be like, oh, okay, this makes a difference. This matters. I can't, I can't just quit this because it will impact my lifestyle yeah. right. kind of money. Uh, real quick, um, so that message was like running at a time because we don't pay for Zoom, so yeah. I don't know exactly how much more. No, we have oh. we have another we have another twelve solid minutes. <laughs> okay, up to you guys. We can always log off, come back, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even realize that was a thing. When did they start doing that, I think it has like a forty minute limit. Yeah, because oh, yeah. we don't pay for the we don't we we haven't been making comedian money yet, so <laughs> we're still on the dude. I make bar back at a comedy club. Money. Coffee, chocolate, brownie, ice cream yet? All right. <laughs> You're I got, right. I got two of these for eight bucks, gentlemen. <laughs> He's killing it. Yeah. Wh while you get your your Hagen dazs in, let me give you a little background on on these three guys here. Steve works at the New York Comedy Club. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know his poll right now. He's pretty popular, but maybe we, uh, fit fit you in over there. I don't know. That's not uh, my call. Whoa, whoa. That'd be awesome. I would do it in a minute. I hand out the popcorn. I'm nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Ben and Steve all, th we're pseudo comics, I like to call it. I haven't been on stage. I don't think Ben has ever been on stage. Um, Steve, have you done any I, open? Yeah, I've done a, a couple of open mics at Flappers when I was living in LA. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, always been a huge fan. That's why I took on the, the part-time job at the New York Comedy Club. I just wanted to be around that environment i love you know just yeah, just hearing I'm the conversations at the bar between comics and it's like for a while i didn't even like chime in or talk you know and it's just like intimidating jumping into a circle with comics everybody's like so sharp and witty and 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 you don't you don't, don't even want to add anything and you know because you're like i don't want to interrupt their rhythm but, it, it, but <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. you know it's nice just being in that environment like i said and, and, and I, just seeing and even just like the stuff that kills one night but then one crowd it's like it falls flat and watching a comedian come out and then the other comics like oh how are they and then like oh they're good yeah what do they like oh they like jokes and, and, yeah. and or just because because some <laughs> some crowds i mean most crowds probably don't want to be like they don't want to interact like it's a nightmare trying to seat the front row in in the yeah. club because nobody wants to it's like they want to go there and enjoy comedy but like not Get be a roasted. part of it and like you know, and they're just on the spot and they they like clam up and yeah. stuff and that's why i do yeah. the guys that are good at uh crowd work it really is uh an art in and in and of itself within an art form because you know you can only give what you get from them and a lot of them are just like one word answers or what's worse is the guys that try and be funnier than the guy with the mic who does it professionally love those guys it, yeah so i was observing even just this weekend i was working at the improv the dc improv and um you know like every cog on the wheel at a comedy club is feeds the laugh on stage mm. You know, you're saying like, you know, you, you serve the popcorn. Well, we freaking need that. Like yeah. everybody is so important. Yeah. The staff's vibe, the way they greet the crowd when they come in, oh, yeah. uh, the way they listen to the guests or for where they want to sit, what their service is. If they can be quiet during the show, the way they will strategically avoid the stage. Yeah. Uh, is someone uh, amenable and kind at the box office? It all feeds the vibe. Yeah. You know, we're such a huge team uh, yeah. to get that that final product, which is the laugh, 
yeah. is not done alone by yeah. any means. Yeah. Everyone's appreciated at, at these clubs. Oh yeah, that's... these crowd is fantastic. I really love the 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 staff at Laugh Boston was amazing as well. Yeah, well, all all the comedians they always you know they're always super appreciative of everything we do. I like just being the guy. I set up the the showroom too, like all the tables. And so I, I take pride in knowing that I set up this room so that everybody can Hell come yeah. and then enjoy the stuff. And then at Hell the end yeah. of the night when I'm mopping and the comic came in, got a nice payday for 20 minutes of work and they're out and I'm sweating through my clothing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the wrong spot. I'll just glance up at the stage and the neon light and I'm just like, oh, damn it. <laughs> but taking pride, you're like, I made this person laughed right here yeah. where I'm yeah. wiping up. Yeah. This is right. my, this right. is me. Yeah. And it was because of where I placed the sugar packet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, I become part of the show, not for like good reasons, but I remember one time this guy, uh, this comedian, Tom Cassidy, really funny guy, uh, really good with crowd work and stuff like that. He's trying out like new material and there was like a spill in like the back of the room and it's not a big room. And uh, I, I go to clean it and I got a roll of paper towels and just ripping the paper towel. It was at like a lull in, you know, it was like quiet. He's like working out new material <laughs> and you just hear the paper towel like echoing through the room. And he had a comment on that. And then I became, you know, like five minutes of the act. And I was just like, when he came yeah. off, I was like, dude, I, I tried to wait to rip that paper towel, but it just, the way it worked out. Like. <laughs> yeah, but you fed yeah. his. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, and then you're powerless. Like, you don't have a microphone. This fucking guy's coming yeah. at you. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you can do is just be like, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. th th thankfully, it added to things in a, in a good way. And he, you know, he was making fun of, you know, my uh, misfortunes there in the back. <laughs> awesome. I went to one. Uh, I went to an open mic when I was in Boston uh, the week, the week before our show. I was up. I actually, it, it was crazy. I happened to have planned a vacation uh, trip. Uh, it was, it's hard to call it a vacation when you have three kids, but I, <laughs> I took a trip to Boston with my three sons um, because it was the cheapest flight from DC, uh, but also to show them around one of the most historic cities. Yeah, and um, I snuck down to an open mic there. It was. Uh, what was it called like uh it was in that there's like this very historic area like they they tried to keep it like it was in the 1700s it's a row of mm. bars i can't remember the name of the joint but i went in there it was a really good mic uh, the the quality of the comedy was very very high um it was impressive it's always fun to see what the other cities are doing and and also you measure yourself you know you go yeah. in there and you're like okay, would i fit in in this lineup in this major city uh just to, to see what's going on on the field but it's a good very good scene up there very impressive and i i don't know how you guys feel about boston do you love it i you know as as a yankee fan I, i'm not allowed to but I, <laughs> like you said the history I, I appreciate more of the history and stuff like that i would love to see a game at fenway and it seems like a, a good town a game at fenway no never they won't let me okay. in <laughs> okay, okay. he's We're brandish, the shirt, probably he's brandishing his 27 rings, bro. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that type of Yankee fan. Ben I'll and, tell you what, I've enjoyed it. I've been there three times, and I think it's a great city. I mean, every, grass is always greener, you know? I, yeah. I think yeah. every Uber driver that I had was like, I'd rather live in D.C., yeah. so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I'm impressed with how clean it is. Yep. Every part, like, everything is – even the trash was, like, orderly. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it's just uh, not like that in most parts of, of D.C., and I – you know, a little lack of diversity up there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lack, a yeah. lot of lack well, of diversity. Know. 
But we that makes people seem not racist, right? Yeah. Like they say, like <laughs> Finland is not racist. Like, well, what would they? Yeah, be who would they be yeah, being racist for? <laughs> what uh, has has any city like surprised you and how much you enjoyed it, or you went there with maybe one idea of what that city was going to be like, but it turned out to be one of your favorites? And you don't have to say Kansas City. <laughs> no, <laughs> can't wait to get back to Kansas. Uh, no, I would say the opposite. When I went to, I went on a, a small tour in um, Arizona with a guy that was uh, he was filming his special, and he asked me to fly out there to feature. And you know, I was like, great. And, I, and Arizona fucking hated me. Um, <laughs> really, it was uh, he. He seemed to draw a more uh, conservative oh. uh, style crowd. And I'm if you've seen me, I'm not that way at all. And uh, they they did not think that my goddamn liberal point of views uh, were funny at all. Uh, I, so fuck uh, fuck Tempe and uh, yeah. fuck <laughs> so let me I'll, I'll I'll tell you Tempe is where I went to school. I was just gonna say, and I did not finish because I absolutely hated it there. Um, I was I was there when Barack Obama was elected president, and a lot of people were not happy around Ooh. the campus the next uh, couple of months. So I, I could definitely yeah, it back felt you up. That way. But I have heard that there are some different pockets. They course, just didn't of show course. these particular shows. So yeah, yeah. I'd go back, but I definitely was like not enjoying my trip. Yeah. Our uh, listenership is taking a dive in Phoenix right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we probably never had a good hold there. Yeah. But yeah, you should definitely be just a permanent guest on just move to Long Island come sit on the couch with us you like baseball you got a, I love your comedy and number 3 it sounds like you have similar points of views yeah so it feels comfortable i will say it feels comfortable there you go that's where you guys are right now you're in long island yeah yeah, yeah the east end Oh, yeah, but not, but not the good east, like Hampton, you know, Riverhead area. We're just like right smack in the middle of Suffolk County. Yeah, middle class uh, are, suburbia. Yeah. Are you single dudes? Are you single dudes? I am. Uh, married kids. Going to get married for a second time. No, uh, second time. Well, for... technically you were already married, but we're going to go to the Philippines and watch them get married again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I did this. Did you get pandemic married? And now you got to do it for real? Pan, uh, no, we... we... Got married recently, uh, civilly, because in order for us to get married in the Philippines, we needed to be married here first. It's it's a whole thing. My, uh, my wife's right. originally from yeah, the we Philippines. Did, we did something similar. Uh, we had to do. We we had to get uh, married in like a Islamic ceremony mm -hmm. so that her parents would let us live together. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, that was we we moved in together right before uh, the pandemic, and it was a lot of. Uh, a lot of conversations had to be had with her parents before yeah. Uh, yeah. they uh, they blessed us to live together. But uh, yeah, well, good. I was gonna say is the the place is very tidy if you're three bachelors oh, living yeah, in. Yeah, uh, that's me. I'm Long I'm Island. a neat freak. Um, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the gaps between your when your picture frames looking pretty good. Yeah, they pretty are tight. they are measured. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you probably can't see. Steve's boner right now. Yeah. But well, after you said that, yeah. He's excited. Yeah. Nice. He <laughs> takes a lot of pride and we love him for it because Yeah, I'm married to the game. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. So I love it. this was our muse during COVID. So yeah, we it honestly was. We all love comedy. Most of us don't have the balls to get up on stage and do it. So we're like, what is what is some way we can get our voices out there and talk about shit that we love 
um, yeah. share it with people and be funny about it. And, yeah. you know, whenever I come across somebody and again, I'm not just tooting your horn, but honestly, dude, like loved, loved, loved your set. I want to see more. There's just not Thanks. enough on Instagram of you for me. So I want to <laughs> try and find a way to get to your show again. And I was like, we need to have him on and just chop uh -huh. it up. So Appreciate it, man. You know, Super I, I, I hope I say something different if uh, if you're if you're in a, another club again sometime. Sometimes mm -hmm. I repeat the same shit and and then I feel bad. But uh, no, dude, it's comedy. It's That's, a game, baby. Well, for me too, I like <laughs> a different case too because I'm seeing more than I ever would if I was just a you know just a regular audience member just going to see a show casually. I like hearing the same sets from these comedians and the individual words that they will change. And the reaction oh, that those singular words will get either one oh. way, you know, on the bad side or they'll get a huge pop just over one oh, word. Yeah. So and like I'm now, super familiar. So it's it's funny to hear dude, the differences. Now I'm the one with the heart on. That's my language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the study and the science of the syllables that matter. Yeah. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. How a, how a small stutter, how an um can throw things off yeah. when they're. Yeah. No, it's such a fear. Like in my head, I, I don't I don't think I did. I have a joke that I, that I call the act of God joke. I don't think I did it on the set that you're at. It's a very long joke about the Bible and insurance industry. Maury Povich makes an appearance. Oh, it's nice. Shout out Maury. Big fan. Yeah. Shout out Maury. And, uh, and if I miss, if I, you know, sometimes you can't help but swallow. You're just like yeah. your body's making you swallow. Yeah. If that happens, my whole joke is fucked. Yeah. Wow. So it looks like a solid minute and a half. Of I gotta just yeah. and I fuck it up, I'm screwed. Yeah, um, but like you're saying, that's part of the appeal. Is like it's so wordy, but every word is so intentional and like delivered with such a confidence. Like I said, it, a stutter could fucking derail the whole thing. <laughs> all of it, and you it. say yeah, it very amazing. fast. I love that. Like the, uh, I think, and I'm not trying to. You could stop me right now if I'm ruining any of your jokes. No, but do it. When Run you it. said, when you're like, if my girlfriend was here, she would kill you. Oh, and yeah. The yeah. punchline was the the Iraqi thing. And I was. Or I, I believe that's uh, if she was here right now. Or I wouldn't say that if she was here, she would kill me or all of us. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, but that's what I, my one of my favorite. And I think one of the people that got me into stand up comedy originally was uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And I think that's what he is incredible at is. Every word matters. Yeah. And every the word economist. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what he and anytime I've heard him do an interview, like that's that's what he loves to do is like, how can I take out one word, one less word, yeah. one less word? And you know, that was that was like you said, always the thing that made me such a fan of comedy is watching how other people do it and and why is that funny? Not necessarily mm -hmm. like, is that the funniest joke I've ever heard, but why is that so funny? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I love about mm -hmm. it. Who were like mm. who were your kind of idols and the people that motivated you uh, to to get into uh, comedy? Certainly, uh, certainly, uh, uh, Don Rickles um, was a huge influence on me. I love uh, the originality of uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, I love the brilliance and activism of Dick Gregory. Um, you know, so a lot of these classic guys uh, these days. I love to listen to Tom Segura. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love, I envy Nate Bargatze because Same. I can't stay clean for one minute. <laughs> yeah. and got, he brings me in for an hour and I don't even think about the fact that it's clean. He's just yeah. so engaging. Yeah. Um, 
I love uh, uh, Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. I I love. Um, I, I I watched. Uh, uh, was it Crashing? Uh, oh, you I guys love seen that, that show. Series? Pete Holmes. Dude, my God, one of my favorite series, shows. It's so good. Yeah, it's so 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 good. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just so many. There's so many masters in that oh, program. Yeah. That yeah. Just, you know, you can't Artie even. Lang, Artie Lang, pre-drugs, post-drugs. <laughs> I got to work with Artie Lang one time. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he was extraordinarily kind. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, we just did a couple of shows together. But so that's not to speak to his entire personality. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on that particular weekend, on that particular weekend, he was a he was just a sweet fellow, a regular dude, and uh, you know, at that level, when someone has that level of stardom, they can. They can be anything they want, and sure. uh, I'm glad that he and a lot of people uh, choose to be yeah. regular good people. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, who's it? Uh, Jamie Lee is in in crashing. Love Jamie, and I didn't I didn't know I didn't know her at all. And then uh, big fans of Ted Lasso here. She's a writer on that, um, and I love oh, love her dude, humor. Ted Lasso is amazing. Yeah, but not not just her humor, but she her her inflections and her timing are a masterclass. Yeah, no, she's great. She's just. She's fantastic. And, uh, Nikki and new, Glaser. Yeah. Nikki Glaser. Yeah. She's another one where the timing is just like, bam, ba bam ba bam bam yeah. There's so many inspiring comics on the scene right now, but foundationally, those those old school guys, uh, you know. Yeah, one comic I like a lot, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, just obsessing over, like, the amount of syllables in the, yeah. the, the sentences that are coming out. Uh, Andrew Schultz is another comic that's like that, that's very particular. And he'll even, he's, he's done some, uh, like on his podcast, just when he was filming and editing his special and they were like, right, you know, working on stuff. He's like, he's like, yeah, but it should be like, bah, 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 you know, and he'll like kind of, uh, just make sounds in the exact yeah. rhythm that he wants. 100%. They don't know, doesn't even know what the joke is yet, but he's like, no, that, it, that tag needs to be like, uh, uh, you know, and it's hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's one that. of the great groups that comedy is an art form. Yeah. If we talk about the, the use of syllables, now, yeah. as I'm, not words, syllables, syllables um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all yeah. the syllables, right? Uh, it's like, you know, it, it, if painting has, has any number of brushstrokes, all of them have to be a part of it. Yeah. Or why is it there? Yeah. And certainly you can't have the scream uh, and then just put a red slash across it for yeah. no reason. Fucks up the whole portrait, and you know, and music's the same way. Whether yeah. a, a record skips or your Wi-Fi cuts out, or uh, you know, someone it screws it all up. And comedy is exactly the same for this very reason. Yeah, and I, I love that about it. And for me too, uh, another part of the art side is I don't think people realize how difficult it is to tell the same joke hundreds of times, but mm-hmm. deliver it every time like it's the first. <laughs> and that to me, you know, sometimes you want to kill yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've been doing jokes for about Chick-fil-A for eight years. And every time I started, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure to everybody in the audience, they think it's the first time you're, you're telling it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, and it's, it's obviously, it's easier if I'm in a city. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure nobody's heard the joke, but if I'm telling it in a place in DC, I'm like, Oh God. You know, then I get get in my head. I'm just plugging in my computer. I'm worried that half the people have heard it before. And yeah, you know, that's what I was going to get in your head about that. With with TikTok and Instagram and more and more comedians posting, you know, clips of their act. uh, Because like in the past, it's like once you do your special, then like you, you know, send that material out to pasture and nobody ever sees it again. And they're working on new stuff. Uh, you know, comics are putting clips out there. You, you 
do you see, I mean, even with yourself too, are you still doing that material? Is it kind of like a different standard? Like it's not until somebody's like been there to see it live and that might draw somebody to come see you live is because they saw you stand up. Yeah. So it definitely gets in your head a little bit. If yeah. you have a clip that um, does well online, uh, I'm not at a level where I need to worry about burning sure. a joke necessarily. Yeah. Most of the people that, uh, you know, if I'm traveling, it's going to be with someone that's more famous than me. Yeah. Uh, so they're coming for them. They're coming for Adam Ray. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're not coming to see me. So I'm the first time Now they might have researched it a little bit or whatever, but uh, I'm only doing 20 minutes. They're not going to see, you know, 45 to 60. Uh, so I'm not at that level. But, yeah. you'll, you know, you'll notice that a lot of people are putting up crowd work, um, yeah. you know, including Adam, uh, Stavros Halkius, uh, 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 um, Schultz. All these guys are just they're cutting out moments that can't be repeated. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that they yeah. can be really funny and then do their stock material and not worry about burning it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, then you talk to like real comedy fans like yourselves that. They'll say, just like you said, like, man, we love seeing the one we heard on the album. We yeah. want to see that one live, too. Like yeah, watching yeah. your favorite movie or whatever mm -hmm, over yeah. and over again. But at some point, you got to put it to bed, especially if it's dated or, you know, just hack, sure. uh, you know, yeah, uh, everybody yeah. in this premise. You know. well, that's another yeah. thing, too. I always wondered, and it seems like it's more difficult now with just so much out there. But it was always like a worry for me. There's, you know. You know, when somebody's doing a talking about a particular premise, it's popular. That's why most people are talking about it. Is there a worry with like memes even being a whole nother brand of comedy and then more and more clips out there? Is there more of a pressure to like kind of stay aware of everything that's out there so you don't, you're not like stealing somebody's jokers? Have somebody been like, oh, I heard somebody else do that on Instagram, but it's just a popular, you know, kind of, sort of, right? I mean, yeah. um, I know stealing happens. I've never felt like anyone ever did that to me on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but maybe because I'm too forgiving, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's certainly a lot of parallel thought out there. We yeah. all exist in the same world with the same information and a lot of the same experiences. So yeah. why wouldn't that happen? So there are people that definitely cut out, uh, you know, social media. They don't watch specials because they're afraid that they'll duplicate something. Yeah. Because often, I mean, even in our own lingo, we hear it repeated enough, enough in society, all of a sudden, we're like, no cap. And you're like, why the hell did I say yeah. that? <laughs> I don't even like that phrase. But you hear it enough, and then it gets in your head, and now you're saying it, and you hate yourself. But yeah, that's yeah. just the way it goes. So uh, the people worry about that sort of uh, joke creation getting duplicated up. But um, I've definitely had, I've had people send me clips of other people doing jokes that are real close to what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I've never, you know, I've never really uh, made the leap, because it's also not, really worth it you sure, know I, sure. I, I, yeah i just say it's I just garbage always wondering like like what is on the comedian themselves to like because there's so much shit out there i mean nobody's got the time to like be that much of a student where you're just consuming so much you know just to avoid potentially talking about a similar thing or having a similar idea yeah. about something. And there's enough there are enough clubs out there there's enough yeah. work yeah. if you're funny enough to do it um but it's certainly you know if you're at a certain level uh, and, and someone of a similar level or higher than you steals a premise, yeah. then, then you got to lose that premise. Yeah. Uh, sometimes <laughs> in a local scene, it's it's a matter of like, who did it first? Sure. You know, yeah. Situations like that. Where it's like, all right, well, I started doing it in 2019 when I started. And then, yeah. <laughs> then, you gotta, then you just got to be cool and be like, well, I'll cut it. And what does it mean to you? Is it is it really the cornerstone of your career? Or is it sure. just another joke? Yeah. Right. See, that's funny. Yeah. It's like, 
imitation, the cliche imitation is the best form of flattery, but not in comedy. Yeah. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like you said, where we all exist in this same space and we're all influenced by similar things, especially if you're, you're a comedian or someone who appreciates comedy, you're going to come across the same premises. But like, that's why I enjoy like Anthony Jeselnik who will take a premise like oh. abortion and then totally throw it in your fucking face. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, how the hell did you just make an abortion joke, which I'm on the other side of on. And you just put the punchline as like, you're, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> like, don't give, um, I'm, and I'm not trying to steal his joke either, but like the punchline of his joke was like, what's the worst gift you could give to somebody who just had an abortion was a uh, succulent. Just another thing they don't have to care for. <laughs> so, like, dude, I spit out my drink on the couch and I was crying laughing. And, like, yeah. and, and that gets down to the science of, like, why is that funny? And it's because it's that shock factor. And, but it's yeah. also the way he delivers a joke. Him, oh, God, yeah, delivery. Is just, like, I, I think I, I saw an interview with him talking about how he wrote for Jimmy Fallon. Oh, on Rogan. Yeah, 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 and he, like, I can't even imagine him writing for anybody else because I, like, I'm sure he's a very talented writer. Yeah. But I only see and hear his voice, so I can't imagine Jeselnik writing for Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Like, like I Jimmy can't Fallon, imagine. especially, of all people. Yeah, so it's it's insane. If you haven't heard that interview, oh, cool. it's, it, I definitely recommend it because Jimmy's like, I can't say that. I yeah, can't yeah say I love it, it but <laughs> yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> But yeah, man. Yeah, Jesselneck is a genius, though. God, I mean, I love how love how mean and relentless. And you're right, his cadence yeah. is just so measured and perfect. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just amazing. Comedy is just an amazing he art form. He reminds me of like obviously two different viewpoints on a lot of things, but he reminds me a lot of Mitch Hedberg, like where uh, it's, where it's yeah. like. Not not necessarily what they're saying, but it's just the cadence and the way they present everything. That's how, like, I, like I like that the performance of it. You yeah, know what I mean? The crawl, like it's it, yeah. it's definitely the material, but it's also the performance yeah. of the material. A hundred percent, a hundred, and that that's what's amazing. Like I teach comedy at the DC Improv also, and you know, it's like people sometimes want to know, you know, how how do you be funny? You know, can you teach people to be funny? I mean, not really, right? He could offer tools and suggestions, yeah. but at the end of the day, Mitch Hedberg, as you mentioned, one of the world's most famous comedians of all time, but uh, Carrot Top was also very successful, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Jesselnick and um, Stephen Wright and uh, you know, the high energy comics, uh, Chris Rock. And yeah. It's like, okay, so then what, what is funny then? You know, Lisa Lampanelli's out there yeah. doing it. Okay, so there is no, there's no way to be a comedian. It's right. just, yeah. you got to no have that, that chemistry of your delivery, your, your words, your joke content, your presence, your, you know, just however you present yourself, literally how you greet the crowd, you know, all of it measures in the guy who's serving the popcorn and setting the table. It all <laughs> matters yeah. at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. It's exquisite. It's a world building, right? At the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, that's right. You're building yeah. this world of let's fucking laugh. And that's what I love the most. It was ours. Yeah, it's right. everybody's escape yeah. to get out of that freaking, oh, I just got done with school. I had to, you know, 
I had to bring my kid to the doctor. Fucking, what else can go wrong? And then you, you're you right. like, you know what? I'm going to turn on a special. Or I'm going to go to to DC Improv and just watch a couple shows. And that's your yeah. escape. Yep. It's such a joy to have. And now and now more than ever, too, with, you know, you know, opinions being stifled and stuff like that. I mean, that's where comedy thrives is when, like, it, like that's sort of what? Like, you're towing the line of, like, the taboo topic that you're not really supposed to talk about socially, but everybody thinks about it. And everybody laughs you know behind closed doors uh you know so it's like the last safe space to just kind of have like free thought and just kind of i love when the comedian they'll they'll sense the vibe of the room like turning but they're like stay with me stay with me i promise (laughs) uh you know and then they get to it and then they but they do turn the whole room because it starts off on like easy and then they you know yeah have the misdirect yeah yeah Yeah, you can't be up there you know just just on a soapbox nobody's no, I always no. say like nobody's running for office. We're all just fucking around, and you know sometimes we may make a point one way or another, but it's yeah. not. Which is funny that the it seems like now the people that run for office are less scrutinized than uh what a than comedian does. Comedian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <For> real. <laughs> yeah, poor, probably true. But. Poor Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so, uh, what what's next for you? You have any plans to maybe like self produce a special, put something out on on YouTube or? Well, uh, you know, I'm just always trying to grind and, uh, do, do great shows. Um, these days it's kind of the wild west online, which makes it a little better for guys like me that can be sort of trapped in one locality for a while so that I can continue to be kind of been a little lazy on it the last couple of months, I think. Um, so I need to get back on my horse with that because I know I've got a lot of backlog clips that I'd like to put up. Um, so I'll do that. And then, uh, you know, just booking shows, uh, like I said, I think the next time I leave town is with Adam, um, September eight, nine, 10. Uh, and then, uh, and who knows after that, but I, I, I'm not, I can't self self produce a special now because I, um, I filmed, I filmed a special with Amazon prime oh, that cool. they're nice. still in editing and it's been year and a half oh wow so by the time the material comes out it'll be yes <laughs> you know, yeah. a little and then uh and then i shot a special with uh helium the the helium studios yeah mm-hmm. and um they've been releasing clips here and there and they're doing okay um you know i'm trying to be patient with whatever their process is because yeah. they are they i mean the guy that that owns the helium chain is just like a freaking genius yeah. um so i'm trying to trust his process and uh, one at a time as the clips come out, they're trying to sort of help a lot of uh, comics that are uh, heretofore unknown kind of gain that following so that when they hire us, we can actually draw. So yeah, watching for that stuff. But no, I, I don't have another hour to film right now as I just did that Philly filming. Yeah. Um, I forget, maybe six, eight months ago, something like that. It's got to be crazy, too, just like w- working out the hour and just having an hour of material. How how long did it take you to get to that point? Because it's like, you know, the two minutes, five minutes, 10, 15, 20, you know. Oh, dude. You're always evolving, right? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I guess if you're, I don't know, if you're someone that builds picnic tables, right? You're like, how many picnic tables have you built in your life? Well, your first one, you're not that proud of. <laughs> so you don't count that one. You threw that one out, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, a little bit. But when do you start to count the picnic tables as the ones that you're super proud of? And yeah. even after you build the one that's really great, the next one's kind of shitty. So kind of siphon them out. So like over the 11 years, I could probably talk for three hours uh, of jokes that at one time might have been funny. <laughs> but then when I really sense it down, I'm like, damn, I really haven't 
one real hour that I'm proud of yeah. uh, over 11 years, but it rotates in and out. Um, yeah. You know, what's what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, obviously I'm doing jokes about divorce and Gen Z now, and I couldn't have been doing that. 10 sure. years ago, sure, uh, yeah, yeah. I, but, at, but 10 years ago, I thought I had this hot set, but you know, I don't even remember what jokes were at that time. So they just like, wow. You have any recordings from some, some of those first performances? Uh, you know, I, I, I know I have some early stuff, yeah. but, um, sometimes you just get tired of looking at yourself. Oh, sure. Sure. And yeah. I, I, one time I started to like look at old clips and I was just like, and I just started deleting shit. <laughs> and even at the time I felt like I should, I should keep these as an archive. But then I was like, no, because yeah. I'm better now than I was then. Yeah, I don't yeah. want this garbage. Game. And I don't want my kids ever seeing this. I want them to see this. Yeah. And then hopefully in 10 years, I'll go, this is shit. I want them yeah. to see this. <laughs> I don't know. When does it end? It's yeah. natural yeah. progression. Yep. So, yeah. so I'm sure that we'd love to talk to you for the rest of the day, but it's, <laughs> I feel like you have something else to do. I know UI podcast was the top of your list today. Yeah. But before we send you off, we have a segment called Talking Snack, and we usually ask our guests one specific question. Mm. <laughs> Where is your go-to spot for your fried chicken sandwich? Good Lord. Uh, I don't think that I really have a go-to spot. You're the <laughs> second one in a row. That is fucking That's why we keep asking this, the question. Yeah. We're waiting for one. We're waiting for one person. But yeah, the, I mean, you know, I, 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 I've started going back to Chick-fil-A since, uh, since the Supreme Court allowed, uh, made, made gay, gay marriage a federal law, at least for now. Yeah. Um, Chick-fil-A is uh, still very opposed to the gay marriage, but... <laughs> They're like fine. Well, they're very opposed to it, but they can't do anything about it. So like, what do I care? And then, uh, and then I also learned that a lot of them are individually franchised, and a lot of those franchisers are liberal minded or whatever yeah. the fuck. So I don't know. It's like who was I affecting with my yeah. corporate boycott? Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't have a before. Uh, I don't have a uh, go to fried uh, chicken sandwich. It's candidate. funny. That, it's funny that you say that. There's a pizza place in the city that I love. Love. But I had them on a on a boycott because like they had some racist replies on on Yelp, and uh, oh. I, I hate to say it, but a couple months ago I broke the boycott because I don't think I was causing them any financial pain. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I needed a really good slice of pepperoni pizza. I went. Yeah. I, I saw that they're expanding out the store, so to my best, I gave. I put them on a two year yeah, ban. Somehow I, they did better when Benny. <laughs> yeah. Shadow yeah. ban lifted. Yeah. All right. Well. Where can our listeners help you achieve your? Are we just going to direct them to TikTok and and Instagram? I mean, I'll. I mean, it's all about TikTok and Instagram. I need I need people to like my content. I know that my comedy is not for everybody. I know I can be a little aggressive, and uh, you know, my whatever my content is may not speak to everyone. Uh, but I tend to find that those that are looking for somebody that um. That doesn't shy away from uh, controversial topics. Uh, that's willing to laugh at themselves and all the, you know, all the the, the differences and the this and that's uh, of of our various cultures. That uh, that I tend to give them a good a good giggle. And if if they want to check that out, that'd be awesome online. But then you know, moreover, people that um, you know that have connections and they happen to listen to me and they go, hey, we want to book this guy in this city or, or, um, with this other comic, obviously that's a huge help too. So if you work at the, 
New York Comedy yeah, Club yeah. for example, and you. I'll you, be there uh, tomorrow, and I'll, I'll talk. Give the right person a, a handy or a good fingering. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, then yeah, man, I, I, I'd love uh, I, I, the work I can. The more work I can get, the better I feel. I, I, I would love to uh, work in New York. I've never even really like. I need to schedule just like even if it's open mics, I got to get up there. I know enough people. Like uh, I know that uh, I could probably get some good stage time. I've just. Never done it because most of the time it doesn't pay, and it's like, yeah. If I don't, if I have a weekend where I'm not getting paid, it it, it kind of sucks. Well, any, anything I can do, I I surely will do. Again, not that I have mu- uh, much pull there, but uh, I, I will. I, I will you, certainly buddy. bring you up in my next conversation <laughs> with the girl that does book there. There you go. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, man. Um, all right, very cool. Hey, well, thanks for taking right. the time. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you for giving us a little inside look on the life of a stand-up Love comedian it, and all the inner workings of that. Um, actually, love we, we love it. Your your passion uh, is uh, inspiring to me. Also, I love talking to people that have a passion. You know, yeah. I, I even say it on stage. Like when someone's passionate about something, it invigorates you. Whether it's they like they love shoes, they they love cats, they love you know I don't know. I, I don't uh, know about those cat, cat loving people. I don't know about that's where I draw the line. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but if it's a passion, their yeah, eyes yeah, light yeah, up, yeah. then it's like, business thing. Tell me about it. Feed yeah. me with that passion. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys as well. Thanks for uh, for uh, thinking that I was anybody worth chatting with. Thank oh, you, yeah, man. Thank you for yeah. being so generous with your time. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And you are welcome back anytime. Yeah, and when you come to New York and perform at the New York Comedy Club, if you feel like driving 50 miles east. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's top of your list, I'm sure. Hell yeah. 50 miles east. Isn't that, is that like the Hamptons? Where are you no, guys? No, that's what I'm saying. It's like probably, in the middle. Yeah, it's, it's in the middle. In the middle. It's like Shut under- up. We're in the Hamptons. We're in the Hamptons. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. You're in the Hamptons. Yeah. We'll come bro- to- I, have a brother that, uh, I have a brother that lives in Rye, so maybe we'll come up there one day. All right. All right. I think you should. We'll come to you. <laughs> yeah. Right, and once um, you book that stage, you got three asses in seats already. Yeah. Well, I'll be serving the popcorn, but they'll be sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's important, my brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this, guys. All right. Thank, hey, thank you. you. Man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. 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 Oh, look at that perfect time. We were running out of time again for a second time. They really want you to pay for this shit, huh? Yeah. Any dime that they can get. Doesn't. Oh, shit. Hold up. I forgot. We're still doing an episode. Oh, oh, shit. I almost thought you were like, I didn't fucking hit record. No. Oh, no, no. Imagine <laughs> that. Well, you know what? <laughs> hey, big shout out to Ramin Mostafavi. Make sure you follow him at Ramin88. That's R-A-H-M-E-I-N 88. That's at Instagram. I'll get you his TikTok on our link tree. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, you could always... Uh, default to the show notes for any uh, information and links and uh, like Anthony mentioned we have the link tree Um, yeah make sure you're following us on Instagram at unofficial underscore pod shoot us an email maybe tell us how much you liked uh, Ramin's comedy or uh, that episode uh, inside comedy UI edition uh, hi at uipodcast.com enjoy the rest of your week have a great weekend we'll see you next time ciao from all of us here at unofficial Intelligence! Let's go, Yankees. Oh, (laughs) yeah.